Well, if you brought your Bible with you here this morning, go ahead and open up to Proverbs chapter 17. We will open up and read from there in just a moment. But today is our third part on our series Fight for Family. Fight for family. Fight for family. Amen. We have got to fight for our families. Because whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, you are in a fight. The devil is against families from prospering and from being a success. And now I've said uh, over the last couple of weeks ja ma olen seda paari nädala jooksul rääkinud hõnud was that me banging who was banging I don't know but anyway <laughs> that, that ministry is people prepare and people repair aga te- ministry ministry ja teenistus on inimeste ettevalmistamine ja inimeste parandustöö and there are some things that, that we need to be prepared for for our future. And we can receive that from God's word. But also we, we need to be repaired. We need to be fixed. And so my prayer is that this series will do that for us. If I lose another microphone, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> The, the microphone that I normally have that just goes over my ear, it broke. And so we're ordering another one, but it's going to take some weeks because they don't have it in stock. And so this microphone will last in Jesus' name. <laughs> Until I get my new one. Alright, hallelujah. Now back to my message. We'll delete that for, for, the, for the internet anyway. But ministry is people repair and people prepare. <laughs> and, and I teach in series around here. Because I believe that a series is a time where God can speak to us as a church about a topic. And one of the things that I am believing for in this series is that it would do some prepare for you, for your families, for your future. But at the same time, maybe do some repair in those of you who have some hurts and some brokenness on the inside. And really, and really that's all of us. And we want to get some information so that we get help. But I want to be able to give you some information so that you can also help others. Because I believe that should be our goal. It's not just God give to me, give to me. But God give me something that I might be able to share with with others. Oh my goodness. Is just just don't move. Uh, yeah, I just can't move. I will stand. Alright, so... Uh, Anyway, as we as we talk about this subject, some of you might be sitting here tonight and you or this morning and you might be saying, "I'm not married." 
Some of you might be here and say, I don't have kids. So this does not apply to me. I don't want you to disqualify yourself for this message. I want you to qualify yourself for this message. Include yourself in what we are saying. Because this will prepare you and equip you for your future. But at the same time, we want to be able to help other people. And we can believe for God to place us in a situation that we can, can add something to help people. And so this is what I'm trusting God to do in you and for you. So that we can all grow in these things. And I want you to get from where you are to the place that God wants you to be in life. And that's going to be a better place. That's going to be a place where he can use you more. And as we allow ourselves to be in his hands, he will continue to direct our lives. And so this is an important series for us. And just remember as we talk about these things, that this church is not a place of condemnation. I'm not going to be standing up here just pointing fingers and saying you are all bad people. If you've had any of this in your life or in your family then, then you are not worthy. That is not what, what this church is about. But this church is a place of grace and a place of truth. And so what we want to do is we want to give you the truth. We want to do it with some grace. In a way that would help you to move forward in your future. The Bible tells us that Jesus, when he came, he did not come to condemn the world. But he came to save the world. Amen? And so we want, we want to make sure... That we're allowing him to do that in our church. All right, and I'm not sure how this is going to work. I might have to switch to a hand here, guys. But hopefully it's better. Yes, all right. But uh, God has a plan. And so I don't want to condemn anybody. I want us to move forward into his plan for our lives. And I want us to move forward in his plan for our families. Because this is important. Amen. Amen. If it's important to God, it should be important to you. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, says, For your wife has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is that what your Bible says? No, 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 wait, that's the wrong translation I had. Your children have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. No, 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 the, the Bible says that we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Say all. Amen. All. That's all of us. So there is no such thing as a perfect person. And there is no such thing as the perfect family. And so if some of the things that we discuss, whether it be today or in the weeks to come, 
if it happens to describe you and your family I do not want you to feel guilty I don't want you to feel like you've been, been beat up in church my heart in this and God's heart in writing the Bible is to help you and the truth is nobody should feel ashamed about anything because we have all been damaged but moving forward we can all be better and thank God that Jesus is the one who can heal you and he can restore you and we just need to allow him to come into our heart and into our lives and he will do his work in us do you believe him for that? I believe him for that every day I believe him and so here today we're going to teach on something that I think is going to impact all of us in some way but I want to talk about how to resolve conflict how to resolve conflict because like I've said already you are in a fight for your family and you need to know how to keep strife out of your home and God wants us to be to be healthy families he wants us to be whole and he wants us to be strong he wants us to be successful people and God will help us to become what he desires for us to be if we would stand and if we would believe him and if we would fight for our families and then we can be happy and stable and fruitful and blessed and then that is when we're going to be able to make a difference in the world that we live in and that is God's, God's will for you because when we make a difference he will get the glory and so here I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 14 I, I like the way that the message Bible says this and it says so the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam so stop it before it bursts <coughs> When you start quarreling, when you start bickering about something, it's like a little crack in a dam where it starts leaking, but the more water comes through, the weaker the dam gets. And if you don't stop the leak, the dam will break. And this is what quarreling does in our homes. And what happens if the dam bursts? If the dam bursts, everybody who is around that dam is going to be damaged. And, and so we need to stop fighting our family. And we need to start fighting for our family. 
Amen. Amen. Stop fighting each other and stand and fight with each other. And so to do that, we need to maybe learn some things. And some of you maybe need to relearn some things. And so for you to say, well, this is the way it's always been done, and this is the way I've always done it, so this is the way I do it. How many know sometimes that is the stubborn, foolish way to stand? Because so many people stand on what was always done and they're wrong. And what we need to do is we need to allow ourselves to be molded and shaped by God's word. So that we can become who God wants us to be. And so sometimes we might need to learn some things and sometimes you might need to relearn some things. Because again, there is no such thing as the perfect family. Now some families are better than others. Some families, you know, maybe they don't do everything right but they're doing the best they can they don't do everything right but the problem is is I think some families do almost everything wrong and so what we need to do is open ourselves up to the word and allow God to give us some instruction for our families and I don't know about you but not everything that I was taught as a young man I was taught correctly and not everything that was modeled for me as a young man was modeled for me correctly it wasn't correct and so there are some things that I've had to learn to be able to fight the fight. There's some things after I got married I had to relearn. Because it wasn't just now all about me, it was about us. And you know, I don't know if, if you realize this or not, some of you. But the best way to motivate somebody is not by screaming and yelling. <laughs> that is not going to be the best best motivator for your, your spouse or your kids. And so what, what we need to, to learn to do is give that calm instruction when we're not angry. So that we can help one another see things correctly. And you need to know that there is a right way and there is a wrong way at getting your point across. Want to read another verse here to you out of Mark chapter 3 verse 25. It says if a house is divided against itself that house cannot stand. 
Markuse 3.25. Ja kui pere on omavahelises riius lõhenenud, siis ei saa see pere püsida. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Kui pere on lõhestatud, siis ei saa seisma jääda. It's, and, and New Living Translation says it this way. Ja New Living tõlge ütled niimoodi. It says, similarly, a family that is splintered by feuding will fall apart. Samamoodi perekond, mis on lõhestatud vainuga, laguneb laiali. If we are fighting one another, kui me lihtsalt võitleme üksteise vastu, it's not going to keep us together. Siis see ei hoia meid koos. It's going to cause it to fall there's going to come the day where one or both of the parties are going to decide I just don't want to do this anymore jõuab üks hetk tuleb kätte see päev kus üks või mõna pooled ütlevad kuule mina näeme viitsi läheme laiali because they're just tired of the fighting sest nad on võitlemisest ja üksteisega kaklemisest väsinud and listen conflict can destroy a marriage ja kuule konflikt võib hävitada abielu Conflict can destroy a family. Konflikt võib hävitada perekonna. And we need to get some help. Ja meil on vaja abi. So that we can build some strong, healthy families. Ja läksime, võiksime ehitada tugevaid ja terveid perekondas. And that is going to cause all of us to be more happy in life. Ja see põhjustub ka seda, et me kõik ise saame rõõbu rohkem selle läbi. And if we took a, a, a poll today, how many people want to be happy, I'm pretty sure about 90% of you would say, I want to be happy. Ma usun, et kui me kõik teeksime täna küsitluse, et kes tahab olla õnnelikum, siis ma arvan, et tiia üks vastas meest, et mina tahan õnnelikum olla. Right? We should all want to be more happy in life. And even, listen, even when you're already happy, if somebody said, I can share something with you that would make you more happy, your reaction would be, tell me. I want to know. I like being happy. I want to be more happy. And so whether you're at the one extreme where you're not happy this morning, or you're at the other extreme where you're really happy. I believe that God wants us all to be happier. And one thing that I think should be a law, but it's not, is that when a couple gets engaged, I think it should be the law that they would go to some classes to learn how to settle conflict. Because we are all going to have conflict at some point. And there is a right way and there is a wrong way to resolve conflict in your marriage. You know, I heard of a couple one time who were having a huge argument over dinner. And, uh, you know, they decided that they were going to give each other the silent treatment for the rest of the night. Have any of you ever fought like that before? I'm not, I'm not really a screamer. But the way that I want to punish my wife is I'm just going to not talk to her. I'll just keep my mouth quiet and I'm going to punish her and let her know that she's not even worthy of my words. So I'm not a screamer. But if I get mad, I stop talking. So if I ever get up here and have nothing to say, you know I'm really mad at y'all. Back to my little example here. There's this couple, they, they had this argument, they decided, 
We're giving each other the silent treatment for the rest of the night. And so as they're getting ready for the bed that night, the husband remembers, ah, I got to get up early tomorrow. I got to catch my flight in the morning. He had to take a business trip. And he says, I got to wake up at five. And it was his wife who was the one who always helped him to wake up early when he had to wake up early. But he did not want to be the first one to break the silence and so while his wife was in brushing her teeth and getting ready for bed he wrote her a note and said I need to wake up at five please wake me up he put it on the table on her side of the bed and so when, when she comes out of the, the, the bathroom after brushing her teeth she picks up the note reads the note turns off the light went to bed the next morning the man wakes up it's 7.30 he's already missed his flight he jumps out of bed and he's ready to scream at his wife (laughs) he looks down on his side of the bed on the table and there is a note that says (laughs) it's 5 o'clock wake up (laughs) right there is a right way and there is a wrong way to resolve conflict in America. There are some times that we need to grow up and we need to be the first one to say, I'm sorry. But at times, those two words sometimes are the hardest two words that you could say. And so you need to know that in your marriage, you are not both always going to agree. Man, when you are dating, you are, you're both thinking the same about everything. Do you want to get together tonight? Yes. Should we go get something to eat? Absolutely. Do you want to see a movie after? Well, yes, I did. Right? When you're dating, everything is just like, wow. And then what happens after you're dating is you marry this person. And after a few weeks or a few months, you're not always so excited what they're excited about. You realize that this person actually has their own mind and their own desires. And that they are not only doing 
doing what you want, but they actually want to do some things themselves. And so we are different. It's just the way that God made us all. We're all different. We like different things. We enjoy different activities. And, and so when it comes to, to whatever it is that you want to do, it is very easy to get in an argument with the person you are living with about things that don't even really matter at all. Like, where are we going to have dinner tonight? You can fight for 20 minutes over the place you're going to have dinner. Or you could fight for 20 minutes over the TV show you want to watch and then you end up not watching anything. But when it comes to your hobbies or your free time or whatever, we're all different. And you're going to need to, res- to learn how to get to a place where you can both agree to disagree. Or find a way to do things that is the way that it works in your home and in your family. And so for you and your spouse, you're going to want different things. And then when when you get married, you need to understand you're not always going to get your way. And so when it comes to conflicts, there's some different mindsets that we could talk about and I'm not going to get into this deeply uh, this is more of a psychological class that uh, you could take later if you want but this is just some wisdom for all of you who are here today but there's some different reactions to a conflict or mindsets that we could have number one would be my way that's where you must win another way is no way where you want to avoid conflict in any, any way or shape or form and you just don't even want to talk about it another way is your way where whatever they want you'll just give in every time and then you'll be miserable but you just don't want any conflict or number four would be halfway this is where you find a compromise and now the fourth way is better than the other three what do you mean? The fourth way is better than the other three. But, but there is one way that's even better than those ways. And it's what I want to call finding our way. Finding our way. I want you as husbands and wives to find the way that you do it in your families. Where it's not just, well, we do it his way or we do it my way. It, we do it our way. 
niin kuin meidän, and this is where, where you begin to learn to work together to solve problems and issues that are in your marriage. Where you become mature enough and you're aware of what each other wants. And you find the way to make it work. And that should be the goal for each and every one of us in our marriages and in our homes and our families. And so, you know, I, again, I know marriages are fragile. I know that there are people in here today who are hurting sitting right here in this room. Because of things that have happened in the past, because of things that you have said and done, what others have said and done. I realize there are people here who have failed at marriage. There's people in this room who have been divorced. And I, I know it's difficult at times to stand for something that seems absolutely hopeless. But let me just declare this this morning. If there would be two people that would make a decision that we are going to fight for this family and we're going to do it God's way, I believe that you can make any relationship any marriage work. And if both will work to, to do it right, there can be a miracle happen in your home. And, and I've seen marriages who had huge problems. That within the marriage they were dealing with things even beyond what, what most people have to deal with. Where there was great anger, abuse, maybe infidelity, maybe some trust issues, things with the money, problems with the kids, problem with addictions, problems with alcohol. I've seen marriages that were on the brink of just blowing up. And then both of them choose to give themselves over to Jesus. To make Jesus first in their marriage. And I have seen God come in and heal them and heal their marriage. And they can move forward happy ever after. They can, they can become healed and happy and strong. That's what God wants for us. No matter how hurt you have been, and as real as those hurts are, I believe that God can heal you and God can fix you. And there's no such thing as a marriage with two people that are working at it that... that 
cannot survive. Ja ei ole võimalik, et abielugus kaks inimest me mõnevad näevad vaeva selle suhte nimel, et see jääb püsima. And so there is a godly way to get things to be better in your homes. Et on Jumala kardlik viis, kuidas sa võid saada asju paremaks oma peres. And one of the things that we do around here is we pray for people. Üks asja, mida me siin kogutses teeme näiteks, on see, et me paletame inimeste. And we, you know, we, if I don't directly pray for people, we have other people who pray for you. Ja kui mina otsaselt ei paleta teie pärast, siis meil on teisi inimesi, kellega saab paletada siin. But the people who pray for you, they always give me a report about what they prayed with you. Aga kui sa näiteks läheb palvepartneri juurde, siis tema alati annab minule teada seda, mida paletati. And so even if I haven't directly prayed for you at the time, they give me, they say, you know, I prayed for... Uh, to look at about her husband. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I get that paper. And then that paper is, uh, you know, given to me in private. But then I can take that and I can pray over your situation later. And there's some situations that I can just pray one time and I can know that it's done. There's other situations that I hold that paper and I pray for it over a period of time. Just depending on what the situation is. But I'm saying all that to let you know this. I kind of know what the biggest needs are in your lives. And I think the biggest need, the thing that we get the request to pray for the most would be health issues. Whether it be the personal health or somebody that they know their health. And so that's the number one prayer request that we get. Number two. Marriages and family. That's the number two prayer request of Christians. But I thought all Christians were perfect. I thought everybody's family were just angels. I thought that we all just live in eternal bliss in Christ Jesus. Amen. How many understand that's, that's not reality? Right? We are in a fight for our families. And if we have to fight, that means there's something we have to fight for. We're fighting for each other. And there's something that we are fighting against. And we are fighting against the attack of the enemy to come to destroy our families. And so there are some choices that you are going to need to make. Are you going to stand and are you going to fight? sinna kus oled või otsustad võidelda and we want to get to the place ja meil on, me tahame jõuda sellesse kohta that god is helping us in our fight for our families kus jumal aitab meid meie võitluses perega i want you to get to the place where you stand every day knowing god is with you ma tahan et sa jõuaksid oma elus sellesse kohta kus sa igapäev tead et jumal on koos sinuga because the fight for your family is a fight that is worth fighting ja see võitlus sinu pere eest on võitlus mis on väärt võitlemist and it is the fight you're going to have to fight until you have no more breath in your body 
body. Do not let down your guard. Or, or the enemy will attack in the area that you, you open up. And so for today, I want to give you eight ways to help you to resolve conflict in your home. And you say, eight ways? No way are you going to give us eight ways. No, I believe I can do this. I'm going to kind of run through these points. But listen, there's so much information to give you on, on, on a subject like families. And so I'm just believing God to help me to pick the right things and to give you as much information as possible. And so I'm going to go kind of fast over these points today. And each one of these points we could probably talk for you know, 20 or 30 minutes. But I believe that if we quickly can go through this that you can get the general idea. And I know that you are a smart enough church that you can handle eight points in one But here point number one to resolve conflict. Find peace with God. On see, et leia rahu Jumalaga. Find peace with God. Leia rahu Jumalaga. Would you say that? Ütle. Find peace leia with God. Leia rahu Jumalaga. Amen. Leia rahu Jumalaga. Find peace with God in your life. Leia rahu Jumalaga. Oma if you are not a Christian, become a Christian. If you are not a believer in Jesus, become a believer in Christ. If you are a believer in Christ, you need to learn to surrender yourself and give yourself to the Lord. Commit your life to him. And then commit your family to the Lord. You, you need to find peace with God in yourself and in your family. And, and you need to make sure that you are doing things God's way in your family. I do not believe that you can be a success in a, in a marriage or a success as a family. Unless you do things God's way. We have got to learn to do things God's way. And so we have got to learn to surrender ourselves to God. But I believe this. If you don't submit yourself and surrender to God, then that means you are against him. You are in conflict with him. Because, listen, he is not going to come and do things your way. Because his way is right. And, and we've said this many times around here. There's only two ways to do things. You either do things God's way. Or you do it any other way. Right? And so if your way is, is not exactly God's way, then it's wrong. Because in our simple minds right and wrong it should be pretty black and white 
Sest meie enda mõistuses ka õige või vale peaks olema suhtes must valge ja aru saadav. And so if you're not doing it God's way, you're wrong. Ja kui sa ei tee asju nii nagu Jumala viisil, siis sa teed asju valesti. And so God is not going to surrender to our way. We need to, to surrender to his way. Jumal ei alistu meie viisidele, vaid me peaks alistuma Jumala viisidele. And if you will surrender to God's way, you could find peace with God. Ja kui sa alistud Jumala viisidele, siis sa võid saada ka rahu Jumalat selle läbi. When you have peace with God, it will lead to having peace with others. Ja kui sa on rahu Jumalaga, siis see viib rahu rahu nii rahuste teiste inimestega. And I want to read to you out of Ephesians chapter 2. Ta lugeda teile kirjast Efesest selle teises peadukis. And I want to read verse 16. Ta lugeda 16. salmi. And I want to read this out of the Living Bible. Ta lugeda seda elavast piivist. It says it this way. As part of the same body, our anger against each other has disappeared. For both of us have been reconciled to God. And so the feud has ended at last at the cross. Hallelujah. I like that, don't you? Let me read that again. As part of the same body, our anger against each other has disappeared. For both of us have been reconciled to God. And so the feud has ended at last at the cross. This is God's will for us. Selline on Jumala tahe meie jaoks. Is that we would be part of the same body. Et me oleksime osa samast ihust. The Bible says when a, a, a man and a woman come together, they become one flesh. Bible ütleb, et kui mees ja naine tulevad saavad kokku, siis nad saavad üheks lihaks. The same body. Sama ihu. And if you are part of the same body, ja kui sa oled osa samast ihust, you, you, you can't go two different ways. Siis sa ei saa minna kaht erinevateed pidi. It's impossible for half of me to stay home and sleep while the other half is here preaching. No, my body does what we do together. And that's the way you need to see your husband or your wife. That we would see them as part of who we are. That we do this together. We're doing life together. We're doing this family together. We're going to be together until we get old and die. That should be the mentality that we have as husband and wife. And peace with God can help us to have peace with each other. Because the feud, the conflict, the, 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 the fight has stopped at the cross. And most of the conflicts, I believe, in, in a home can be fixed in one day. If both people would just give themselves and surrender themselves to the Lord. And if you are both standing in Jesus, Jesus is not going to fight himself. Right? If you're both standing in Jesus, he is going to help you to find the solution to be able to stand. And the Holy Spirit will give you the desire to do this and the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do this and so you might be sitting there and saying well you just don't understand my situation and if you lived in my home you would feel like me too and if you lived in my house you'd, you'd feel this way yeah. 
blah, 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 blah. All your excuses, let's just drop them. Because I feel a little bit of a resistance. Because not everybody likes to know this. But you might need to surrender yourself to God. Because there is a right way to do something and there is a wrong way to do something. And listen, we need the help of the Holy Spirit in our home and in our lives. Because we cannot do this and be a success in our own power. You cannot have a beautiful, loving, warm family in your own strength. You need to have God show up in your life every day. And you need to have the presence of God in your home. So there needs to be peace with God. Number two, we need to pray about it. Say pray about it. Pray about it. You know, before you go and discuss about it, let's say it that way. Spend time and talk to God about it. Before you're going to spend some time arguing, go and, go and spend some time talking to the Lord. Before you try to give your point in the way you see things, go ask God to help you to see things the way he sees them. Before you say something that can hurt and cause damage, you need to spend some time in prayer and talk to God about your situation. In James chapter 4 here, and I want to read a couple of verses starting with verse 2. James 4 starting with verse 2. It says, for your desire, uh, you desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you might spend what you get on your own pleasures. Te palute, aga ei saa, sest te palute halva jaoks, tahtes seda kulutada oma lõbudeks. Listen, if our goal is just to get our own way, you're going to have problems with your husband or wife, and you're going to have problems with God. It's not about you getting your way in life. But we need to find the right way at times. And I think the problem is in a lot of families we don't take time and ask God about it. We try to figure it out between the two of us. This is the way I see it. I don't understand why you don't see it this way. Are you stupid? And we think that wins the fight. See, I told her. I'm right and she's wrong. Listen, if you would take some time and go to God first. And if you would tell God your side. And say, God, help me to see their side. 
Mitä nämät näävät? I believe that our, our conflict would get solved a whole lot quicker. So we need to have find our peace with God. We need to pray about it. Number three, we need to check ourselves. Check yourself. Uh, honestly ask yourself, how much of this is my fault? Because listen, there's two sides to every conflict. And both sides think they're right. Or else there wouldn't be a conflict. And so you need to say, how much of this is my fault? And be honest. Uh, how many of you have been in a fight before? And you knew that none of it is my fault. Right? <laughs> my wife and I argue and a lot of the time none of it's my fault. I don't know about how your, your families work. But in my family I'm right in my own mind most of the time. Because, because I see things correctly all the time. And so I'm so wise and I'm so smart that I can go to my wife and I can tell her my way. And if she gets upset, that's her own fault. Because I know none of this is my fault. Because I'm right. But, but listen, to be honest with yourself, how many of you have ever been like me and you will stay in the fight and fight even when you know that you're wrong? About halfway through the argument you realize, oops, I'm wrong. And then you stand and you fight anyway. Over nothing. Because you are too proud to say you're right. We all can get to that place. Where in our arguments we end up fighting over absolutely nothing. We look back three days later, we just remember I was really mad, but I have no idea what I was mad about. And so if you will check yourself before you go into the fight and be honest with yourself not in your proud mind but in your honest humble mind and say we are going to have this discussion I need to figure out where could I have missed it? God help me to see. And if you will check yourself, you will resolve conflict a whole lot faster. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus was, was, was giving us a, a great teaching here. And here in Matthew chapter 7 verse 3 it says why do you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye and you pay no attention to the telephone pole in your own eye. That was my version. 
mäleta see 7-5. Aga miks sa näed pind oma vennasilmas, aga telefoniposti teise vennasilmas enda silmas ei märka? How can you say to your brother or your wife or your husband, let me take the speck out of your eye, then when, then when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? <clears throat> Või kuidas sa võid oma venna öelda, las ma tõmban pinnu sinu silmast välja ja enne sul endal on silmas palk. Now Jesus gets really personal. Ja nüüd Jeesus muutub väga isiklikuks. You hypocrite. Sa silma kirjatseja. Right, when you start trying to pull a speck out of somebody's eye, what does Jesus, Jesus call you? A hypocrite. Kui, kui sina hakkad seda pindu seal teise silmast välja keskma, siis Jeesus ütles sulle silma kirjatseja. Because you have issues. Sest sul on probleeme. You have things that are not right. Sul on asju, mis ei ole õiged. You have things that you need to check and that you need to correct. Sul on asju, mis vajavad korrigeerimist. Sul on asju, mis vajavad kontrollimist. And Jesus said, you hypocrite, Jeesus take ütles, the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brothers, your husbands and your wives' eyes. Another way that we could say this is, is judge ourselves so that we're not going to be judged. Check yourselves first. The reason we need to check ourselves is because we have blind spots. In our church secretary just got a new car here recently. And so when, when you get a new car, you've got to learn to drive that particular car. And she was telling me the other day, I've driven lots of cars and I've never had a blind spot, but this car has a blind spot. She said, I was driving down the road and I looked around, there was no cars, I looked in my mirror, there's no cars, and so I changed lanes. And she said, and all of a sudden I hear this. Where did that come from? That person was in her blind spot. Listen, you need to know that you have some blind spots in your own life. And even though looking out ahead, everything looks great, you need to judge yourself. You need to look around. You need to look and see what is the real situation, not just the, the pretty situation. Sul on vaja arvestada sellega, mis on tegelik olukord, mitte see, et mis ilus, ilus olukord sulle tund või näib. Because how many know the truth about you is not the Facebook you? Ja sest kui võib teavad, et tõeline sina ei ole see sinu Facebooki sina. Right? The you that's always eating dinner. On see, kes alati selle õhtust alati kuskil puhkusel. Always at a wonderful place. Alati kuskil mingis ilusas kohas. Doing wonderful things. Tegemas imelise asju. And everybody's like, they are wonderful. My wife is a Facebook freak. Those of you who know her, you know that's the truth. She does everything on Facebook. Her whole life is on Facebook. Listen, Facebook life is cool, but it's not reality 90% of the time. Facebook life is cool, but it's not reality 90% of the time. 
Because most people aren't putting on Facebook the negative things, we're just putting the positive. Because that's what we want the world to see. Look at my life that God has given to me. I am so blessed. I have everything that a man or woman could ever desire. I can show you on Facebook. Um, it's not always that way. You have blind spots. Even your pastor has blind spots. One of the things that I, I'm trying to work on is my thinking face is sometimes a grumpy face. And so if, if I am, if like, for instance, if I come to church early on a Sunday, and, and I'm here and I'm, I'm thinking about the message, I'm trying to prepare my heart for what I'm about to say. And one of the things I like to do around here, because I am so like, OCD about stuff. <laughs> is before I go back into my room and just pray and everything and get ready, I like to check the room. I like to make sure that all the speakers are working. Make sure that the, the bulletins are on the table so that you get a nice pretty bulletin when you come into church. And sometimes I need to move around some things on the stage because some things were left that we don't need. And so I'm doing this while I'm thinking and meditating on what I'm about to say. And sometimes my face could look very grumpy. And I've had people come to church and get offended at me. Because they say pastor looked right at me. He had a grumpy look in his eye and he didn't even say hello. The truth is, I didn't even notice them. Because I'm in my own little world. I've got to preach my message here in a few minutes and so I'm really deep in thought. And in my thought face is grumpy. And so I need to start helping my, my, my thought face be a little bit more happy. But I've had people walk out of the church before and say, Pastor just totally ignored me and he gave me a, a dirty look. Listen, I think all of us have blind spots. All of you have blind spots. Sometimes you come across as very demanding. Sometimes you might come across very selfish. Sometimes you come across maybe unsensitive. Sometimes you don't come across very thankful at all. Sometimes you come across and you might say things with the wrong tone. And we, we might have some blind spots that we are not even aware. But listen, if there is a problem or an issue, we need to fix it. And if there's a problem or issue in your, your family or in your marriage, you need to fix it. You need to sit down and you need to find out where are we missing it. 
sul on vaja istuda oma partneriga maha ja otsida välja et mis on see kus me pööle paneme and you need to understand that you are not without fault you have a fault ja sul on vaja ka mõista seda et sina ei ole täiuslik sul on vigu don't deceive yourself thinking that you're the one that's perfect and the other one has the problems ära peta ise ennast öeldes et mina olen täiuslik ja minu partneril on kõik probleemid it takes two to argue and have a dispute and so we need to check ourselves and then four we need to sit and talk sit and talk sometimes you need to just clear the air and you need to talk about things find out what they see let, let them know what you see and if you're always reacting to conflict Ja kui te pidevalt reageerite ise mingisugusel konfliktile you, you siis sa ei saa ka abilu seda liikuda. If you're just waiting for something to happen so you can argue again before you talk you're not going to be able to move forward. Kui sa lihtsalt ootad et midagi juhtuks kuni tuleb järgmine konflikt ja siis te jälle tülitsete siis te liigud edasi. But the opposite of that is true, the opposite of that is, is, is good news. Aga selle erandiks on 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 heaudis because good communication allows progress as kui ta suhtlete hästi üksteisega siis see lubab progressi good communication allows progress hea kommunikatsioon lubab progressi and there, 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 you need to come together the both of you need to find the way to move forward on vaja kahekesti istuda ja lepte kokku kuidas teda see läheta and the only way to do that is to, to sit down and talk and to have communication ainus viis seda teha on istuda kahekesti ja suhelda but you need to choose the right time and the right place to do it. on vaja ka selleks valida õige aeg õige koht how many know there's wrong places and wrong times to have those kind of communications teavad, et on olemas valesid aegu ja valesid kohtasid selliste arutelude jaoks right sitting in church right now is not the time to have the communication about your issues praegusin kogudes istudes on väga vale koht kus hakata arutama oma partneriga neid probleeme you know in front of the kids is the wrong time to have a conversation about your issues laste ees on väga vale koht kus hakata arutama üksise probleeme when you're out in public is the wrong time to start saying well you know what i really don't like about you that väljas mingis avalikus bussis või mis iganes kohas on vale koht kus arutada neid asju but but we we need to make sure that we're doing it at the right place and in a in a comfortable place me on vajas valida selline õige mugav koht kus me saame seda teha that we would sit down together and we say okay listen we've got some things we need to talk about let's do it et isute maha tahakate rääkima meil on vaja nende asjadega tegeleda but before you talking you're checking yourself aga enne kui te räägite oma vahel siis selle sa kontrollid ise ennast before you talking you've already talked to god about it you've prayed enne kui sa hakkad oma partneriga rääkida sa oled juba jumalaga rääkinud sa oled palutanud maybe you could pray together Võib-olla enne, kui te hakkate arutama seda teemat, ühes koos palutate. God's, God's palute koos, et Jumala liigul oleks seal tema aitaks tõelises läbi minna. Proverbs 15.1 says it this way in the New Living. <coughs> New Living tõlge ütleb niimoodi. It says a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. <coughs> Rahulik vastus vaigistab raevu, aga karmid sõnad ärritavad tuju. When you sit down to talk, don't talk in anger. Kui, kui sa hakkad istuduma partneriga maha selleks et arutada asju ära räägi vihasena don't talk if, you, if you're still angry that's not the right time to talk kui sa oled ikka veel vihane siis see ei ole õige aeg rääkimiseks words spoken in anger will only distort the communication sest kui sa hakkad rääkima temaga vihasena siis see viha uh, 
But instead of coming angry, you need to come ready to solve and find a solution. Don't come ready for a fight. Listen, this is not kindergarten anymore. You know, all right, we're gonna, I'm going to fight you, you're going to fight me, let's get this done. We're going to meet behind the trash can and I'm going to beat you until you, you can't breathe. Listen, that's, that kind of mentality should not come into your marriage. When you sit down to talk, you should speak kindly to one another. And when you're discussing things, watch your volume, but also watch your tone. You know, you could say things without yelling, but say things in a certain tone, and it can sound like yelling. I don't know about you, but my mama, she didn't have to yell, but she just changed her tone. And I knew, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I think mamas are great at that. You have a gift at changing the tone just a little bit. Everybody knows, yes ma'am, what do you want? (laughs) But listen, when you get down to talk to one another, don't use a tone. Because tones can almost sound like yelling. And so gentle words deflect away the anger. And do your best to speak gently to one another. So that, so that you could find the solution. Point number five. You want to establish rules beforehand. Establish rules beforehand. You know, even two countries that come together in a war and a conflict. They might disagree with, with one another on a certain level. But there are some things that they agree that, okay, well... I will fight you and I will disagree with you but we will not use these weapons. You know, and so even disagreeing countries can come together and say we will fight but we will use you know, but, but there's going to be some rules. Uh, and, and what I mean by this for a husband and a wife is I want you to know how to fight fair. That you would know what is allowed to fight with and what is not allowed to fight with. Never get physical. And never touch one another in anger. I think another rule should be between you never use or threaten with the divorce word. Uh, 
and never take it to a personal level when it's a non-personal topic. Ja kui see ei ole isiklik teema, siis ära ka hakka puudutama mingid isiklikke teemasid. Like you're arguing about money. Nagu te arutate raha teemasid. And when you start to lose the fight. Ja kui sina hakkad sellest nii-öelda võitlusest kaotama. Then you get personal. Siis sa muutud isiklikuks. Yeah, well you're just ugly. Aga kule, aga sa oled kole. <laughs> right, you're talking, you're fighting about money. Räägite rahast. But they say, well nobody likes you, I don't know why I should like you. Ja siis kule, sa ei meeldi mitte kellegile, miks mina peaksin, right. sina, miks mina peaks, minul peaks meeldima. Keep on topic. Püsige teemas. Don't go to a personal level on something that's not personal. Ära mine isiklikude teemadele, siis kui sa räägid mitte isiklikest asjadest. Because again, those are kindergarten things. Eest jällegi, siis lapsi käitumine. Those are things that we learned when we were children. Don't bring that into your marriage. Nad asjad, mida sa õpisid lasta ja sa ära tausada omaabielu. And so stay on topic and don't change the topic because you're losing. Nii et püsi teemas ja ära hakka teemat vahetama sellepärast, et sa kaotamas. Well, your mother has always been... Well, stop about the mother. Kule, sinu ema on alati olnud Let's talk about the issue. And, and words spoken in anger, all they're going to do is, is leave wounds. And I think all of us can say there's been words spoken over us that have left wounds for years. And so we need, we need to learn how to fight in the right way. And we need to know what is right to fight with and what is wrong to fight with. Because wounding with words is not the way to win the fight. Well, if I could just make her feel bad about herself and cry, then I win. No. You lose. Trust me, you lose. You might win in the moment, but you will lose in life. And let, let me just say this one more time again. Never. Ever. Touch the other person in anger. Never touch your children in anger. Never touch any, any other person in anger. Don't ever touch things in anger. Don't even touch your pets in anger. You know, when, when the fight is over, there should not be broken people and broken things in your home. If you have a problem with that, get some help. But you need to set that border for yourself that I will never act out in my anger. And you might say, well, why are you mentioning that in church? Because in church we are godly. Because in our culture, this is a very common thing that we're starting to see more and more and it breaks my heart. There is a lot of physical uh, 
anger in homes. And you should not allow that from yourself or from anybody else. The problem is, is that people have not been taught correctly. And people have had the wrong thing modeled for them in their past. And listen, we have got to change that 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 thing that's going on in our families. And so anger will push, push you further than you want to go. Anger will pull you into places that you don't want to be. And so we just need to make sure that we are keeping ourselves from doing anything with anger. And we should establish some rules. Proverbs says it this way. It says a fool provokes his family to anger because he gains nothing. Because he gains nothing? He gains nothing. A fool who yeah. provokes his family to anger gains nothing. And Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verses 8 to verse 10 of the New Living Translation. It says, Now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malice behavior and slander and dirty language. And don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on the new nature and be rewarded as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And so we need to get rid of all of these things. We need to take these things out of the equation to get a solution. And we need to learn to, to be more like our God. And you're going to maybe need to relearn some things in your life. And we need to get rid of some bad habits. And so point number five is we need to establish some rules for our fighting. I think six. No, that was the last. And point number six is this. Shift your focus to the other's needs. Shift your focus to the other's needs. So stop being so selfish. And try to see things from the other person's side. Because selfishness is going to be one of the biggest obstacles that you are going to have to face in your families. Selfishness is one of the biggest obstacles I think in any relationship. What is the first one of the very first words that children learn after Emma ja Isa or mommy and daddy? Mine. Right? Mine. That's mine. Right? We are selfish by nature. 
And we can't be selfish in a marriage. We can't be selfish in a marriage. Philippians chapter 2 says this. Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 out of the New Living. It says don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble and thinking of others above yourself. And don't look out for your own interest, but take the interest of, of others too. We should be taking interest in other people in our lives. People are not here to, to, you know, to be at your, your pleasure. Whatever you want, we will do. We need to take the example of Christ. And we need to live our, our lives outwardly towards others not just inwardly towards ourselves I want to have the good of those that are around me not just good for me and listen one thing I've learned in my short years on this earth is that if I will make people around me do you know have good things it will turn out good for me on see, et kui mina teen kindlaks, et inimesed minu ümber, et neil läheb hästi ja neil on hea olla, siis see mõjutub mind. So if I will make sure that everybody around me is happy, I will be more happy. Nii, kui mina teen kindlaks, et inimesed minu ümber on rohkem õnnelikumad, siis ka mina olen õnnelikum. But if I'm just looking after my own happiness and don't, I don't care what anybody else thinks, I end up unhappy. Aga kui ma ajan taga ainult enda õnnelikust ja teistest üldse ei hooli, siis ma lõpetan üldse meid õnnelikuna. And so I think the big thing that can help to resolve conflict in homes ja ma usun, et üks suur asi, mis aitab konflikti vältida kodudes is when you are not selfish. On see, kui sa ei ole isekas. Don't be selfish. Ära ole isekas. And learn to say this. Ja õppi ütlema seda. I'm sorry. Can we just practice that right now? Let everybody just say that. Say, I'm sorry. Sometimes just saying, I'm sorry, will put out the fire. And sometimes you need to maybe take it a little step further. And say, what is it that you want out of this? What is it that you want moving forward? Not just I'm sorry, but I want what's best for you. Point number seven. Never end mad. Never end mad. What, what do I mean by this? Don't go to sleep mad. And don't leave the house mad if you can help it. You know, if you have to go somewhere before the conflict is over. And listen, uh, Brent and I have had a discussion before and then I had to leave and the discussion wasn't finished yet. Before you go, you could at least, you know, make some peace for a minute. You could say, I'm sorry we're doing this. I love you. This isn't over. We still need to discuss this. But I want you to know I love you. And I'm sorry. If you could just do that, you, it changes the anger and the, the disappointment and the, the whatever 
into okay we've got some peace kui sa saad lihtsalt selle et sul on mingisugune aru saamatus ja tüli ja et kui oled malen pahane ja sina oled pahane ja ja saad selle vaigistada siis siis see on ka piisav and and to to get angry over things that that in that way is is going to just cause problems in your home ja muutuda pahaseks lihtsalt sellist asja pärast because the longer you let anger stay in you the, the more it's going to affect your heart the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and 27 it says in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold this is some real wisdom for husbands and wives right here. Because listen, in your anger, don't sin. Are you going to get angry? Probably. Some of you might have got angry before you came to church today. But in your anger, don't step across the line and begin to act out. And make sure as husbands and wives that you don't let anger stay in your home. Make it a good rule in your home that before you go to sleep that you just you resolve the conflict. Because if we are angry and we act on that anger, we're giving the devil a foothold in our marriages and in our homes. You need to see your families as too valuable to leave it vulnerable. Your family is too valuable to take your guards off. And so don't let anger into your home. You need to fight to keep your home safe. Fight to keep your home secure. Because strife is the manifested presence of the devil. Peace is the manifested presence of God. I have walked into a situation before and nobody said a word and I could feel in the atmosphere there's strife here. You ever walk into a room that people have been arguing and you could just feel something in the atmosphere? You know, your boss was just yelling at somebody, you walk in the room and it's just kind of like, tension. <laughs> Husbands and wives screaming at each other. The kids walk in. They're just like, what's going on here? Strife is the presence of the devil. There's a spirit that shows up when you allow that in your home. But listen, peace is the manifested presence of God. I love it when I could walk into a room and sense the peace of God. I've walked into rooms before where people are praying and it's just like, this is where I want to be. I walk into homes sometimes where they fight this way for their families and it's just like, I love this home. Where they, 
where they fight this kind of. Kus nad võitlevad niimoodi õigesti ja võitlevad oma perekonna eest ja ma astan sinna koduse ja ma tunnen, et seal on mõnus olla. Because I feel the peace of God, the presence of God. Ma tunnen seal Jumala rahu, Jumala ligiolu. When somebody comes to my home, I want them to feel and sense the presence of God because there's peace in my home. Kui keegi tuleb minu koju, siis ma tahan, et nad tunneksid Jumala ligiolu selle pärast, et seal on Jumala rahu. And home should be a place of peace. Kodu peaks olema rahupaik. Marriages should have the peace of God in them. Abielude keskel peaks olema Jumala rahu. Because we're in this together. Amen. Amen. Last point, point number eight. I did it. Point number eight. Get help. Get help. Get help. There should be no shame for a husband and wife to stop and get somebody to help them. Selles ei tohiks mingisugust hävi olla, kus kui mees ja naine otsivad abi kuskilt. If you have a problem with your car, kus on probleem autoga, you get help. Sa saad abi, leiad abi selle jaoks. If you have problems with the heater, you call a guy. Kui sul on mõnde boileriga probleeme, sa leiad abi mehe selleks. If you have problems financially, you call the, the financial person. <laughs> kui sul on finansidega probleeme, siis sa helist oma finansnõustajale. <laughs> The accountant. I was saying architect. That was it. The accountant. That's <laughs> right. If you have if you have legal problems, you call the lawyer. If you have marriage problems, you call nobody. Why is in every other area of life, if we have problems, we'll call somebody for help? But when it comes to our marriage. We don't get help. There's some kind of a shame that has been put on us because of the pride or I don't know what it is, but people are afraid to get help. You need to get some help with your marriage if you need it. And there's no, there should be no shame in you saying, we need to learn how to do this better. You know, and I don't know why some people refuse to not get help. But we should invest in the thing that really matters most in our lives, and that should be our family. You should see your family as the most valuable thing in your life. And if you need to get professional help, that you would do that too. Well, it just costs money. I see you guys spend money on things that are a bunch of wasted money. Why wouldn't you spend money on the thing that matters most to you, which is your family? And so we have got to get some help. But let me just add this to what I just said. Make sure that it's Christian Godly help. Make sure you're getting godly advice. Because there is so much, I'll be nice, junk that is out there. Stuff that is out there that would come through a professional that have been spoken over marriages to help fix their marriage. I won't go into that today, but I've heard some things that professionals have told couples to do to help fix their marriage 
and it's so ungodly and so wrong. Et ma ei lange detailidesse, aga on, ma olen kuulnud sellised lugusid mittekristlikust abilu nõustamisest, mis on väga-väga and so there's there's some some crazy things out there but we need to make sure that we've got God's way in our marriages. Make sure you you're you're hearing from people that have a track record of helping others. And if if you can the, the best thing you can do is find some good godly Christian advice. And don't think that there's anything wrong with you needing to get help. Because not all of us have come from a family that, that showed everything the way that it should be. Not, not, not all of us were taught the way to resolve a conflict in our homes. And so if you don't know, get help. Amen? Because Amen. we want God's way in our homes. We want to make sure whatever we do, we do God's way. I know this was a lot of information this morning and it could have been a whole lot more. But would you stand with me? I hope you got something out of this today. I hope that this begins to help you to have a greater, a better atmosphere within your homes. And I think if we will commit to these things, if husbands and wives will commit to do this together, that God is going to help us and we can have the peace of God in our homes forever. And listen, nobody's going to be perfect. So, so you are not one to be a judge. You know, I'm not perfect. I do the best I can. But believe it or not, me and my wife have discussions still. And we've been married for a few minutes already. And so, you know, you, you will have disagreements. You're going to have ways that, that you kind of butt heads sometimes. But you need to know the right way to resolve those things or you're not going to stay together. I think one of the saddest things in our culture today is marriages only last about 50% of the time. If you get married, you got a 50-50 shot. You think maybe that's why not many people get married anymore in, in, in our city? I know so many people that just refuse to get married. They just want to live together and let's just see how it works. Because if we get married, we only got a 50-50 shot anyway. The marriages that will do these things and do it God's way and we'll probably discuss this in a week or two if you'll do things God's way it takes you from a 50-50 chance to make it work to a 90-10% chance that it would work 
I'd rather be married with a 90% chance than the 50%. And so this is why I'm taking time to talk about these practical things that are getting in your business. Because I want us to be happy and healthy and strong in our families. And so we could have peace of God in our homes. That's the most wonderful thing that you will find. And because we have no room for, for, for the enemy, we have no time for the enemy to get into our lives. And so we need to choose to fight for our family. And I pray for you that you will all fight for your families that you'll stand for what is right and that you'll do it together Amen. Amen. because together we can do anything but if we're both running apart not even God is going to be able to hold that marriage together Amen. let Amen. me pray over you Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you for each and every one who is in this place today.